Hey gang, Wonder Rob here. And Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Welcome to the Holy Maneuver Podcast, part of the Geek So To Speak Network. I'm Mark Libert. And I'm Trent Vactor. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves in Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. If this is your first time listening, which since this is our first episode, it probably is, in the short form yeah. Star Wars podcast each week, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. Hey, Vactor, uh, how long has Anakin Skywalker been evil? I don't know. How long has Anakin Skywalker been evil? Since the Sith grade. Oh! And we're back. (laughs) Uh, In this inaugural episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett Season 1. Maybe the entire series. We don't know if there's going to be a season two. But this is our, our thoughts on the, the season as a whole. And I'm going to let Factor take it away with his thoughts on the series. Oh, yeah. From On the sands of Tatooine, we, come, we have Boba Fett in his own series. Now, this was a spinoff of The Mandalorian. We saw his first appearance after many moons... Actually, we hadn't seen him since Return of the Jedi, uh, but he debuted in Mandalorian season two, and then at the very end of Mandalorian season two, they did the little after credits te- or mid credits teaser stinger, Book of Boba Fett coming December twenty twenty one. So this seven episode series had a lot of mixed reactions. I noticed online myself. I'm going to say overall, I enjoyed it, but with a few caveats. There are, I would say, some of the best Star Wars things of all time found inside of the Book of Boba Fett. But if I'm looking at it as a show on its own, if, let's say, I'd never seen The Mandalorian or I didn't know anything else outside of this and I just said, all right, I want to watch this show about Boba Fett. I don't think it quite lives up to the promise of this is the book of Boba Fett. This is going to be all about Boba Fett. And that title, I think, is what kind of misleads a lot of people. And a lot of the negative reviews that I saw online or that I've been seeing, I think, has been this show itself is not a great Boba Fett show, but it's a good Star Wars show. And if maybe if they had called it. Star Wars Chronicles or Star Wars series or whatever, you know, like the book of Tatooine, maybe it would have had a little bit different reaction, but overall I enjoyed the series, the book of Boba Fett. So what did you think? I, I would say I have to agree with you. Uh, one of the things I saw someone say, uh, actually our friends over at uh, live action Star Wars uh, with James and Ralph and Ralph, uh, who did our awesome podcast artwork for this show. So yeah. thank you again, Ralph. Uh, I don't remember if it was Ralph or James, but one of them said uh, that a good kind of uh, definition for why the show was called The Book of Boba Fett 
was not necessarily because it was always about Boba Fett, the character, but how Boba Fett affected each of these characters' lives in some way, and, and all of the characters that we did see in there. So whether it was like Cobb Vanth with the armor, or Cad Bane, or even Din Djarin or Grogu, or Luke Skywalker, he touched each of their lives in some way. So even if he wasn't in... So it's like those two episodes, he wasn't even really in in a show called The Book of Boba Fett. He was still had a presence because he touched those people's lives that sent them somehow within a trajectory to where they were presently in the show. Mm. Which I kind of like that reasoning. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but, I do like that explanation of him showing, you know, having touched each one of these people's lives, whether it be Fennec Shan or Din Djarin, um, Grogu even. I think that's interesting. The the only, the thing that throws me off of the show and calling it the Book of Boba Fett was it seemed like it was going to be the story of him getting out of the Sarlacc, number one, because that's what everybody was like, all right, how did he get out of the Sarlacc? So Chuck did that. Number two, him trying to become this crime lord or the head of the criminal empire on Tatooine because that was the, the initial tease was, okay, he killed... Um, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna, and he sat on Jabba's throne. Okay, why is he doing that? And that was what the show was, I thought, promising. I think at the end... You know, we got some teases in the show. We got some little bits and pieces, but it didn't seem like it actually answered that question to me. Why did he want to run this criminal empire? What what was in it for him? Right. And I was more interested in, and they really did not get into this, how is his life as a clone of Jango Fett? That's what I was more interested in because we saw the little flashbacks of Jango leaving and young Boba running to the window and it's raining. But then they kind of abandon that and then they never go into, okay, well, what about the other clones in the galaxy? What about, you know, all of these? What is it to be a clone? What is it to be the the alpha clone, as we found out in Bad Batch? So that's what really I wanted to, you know, get more of in the show. And I was left a little cold that I would say that was probably my my biggest negative on the show was I wanted to know more about Boba Fett and they they did a change with his character where anytime now obviously we hadn't seen him very much previously but before this he was a cold-blooded killer like he was a bounty hunter he took out anybody in this show he seemed to have a change of heart where he didn't just outright murder people or just, you know, do whatever. And he wanted to rule out of respect and that's fine, but I don't feel like they paid it off or like they gave us a good reason for why he changed. I would have liked more on that side of it. Right. Yeah. Coming from that too, like what you were saying about uh, maybe touching more like on him being a clone with possibly uh, seeing like an appearance of like Umiga (laughs) or 
or uh, maybe Captain Rex or or like any of the clones like that because I mean I guess with anything with the clones tomorrow's already there yes you can just yep. play another clone uh, but I, th- I think yeah like if maybe if they did do a season two they could touch more on that maybe they're saving some of that stuff maybe for Bad Batch season two yeah that was the thing, like, but. looking at it from the point that we're at right now is kind of like looking at the, even this first season, episode by episode. Like, if you were just looking at it after episode three aired, we didn't have the whole picture of what this season became. And so right. I almost feel like we're still in that point where we don't, we can't see the whole picture. We can't see the next Bad Batch season we can't see what Filoni is going to do next and I almost want to take a wait and see approach at this point right here where we're at there are a lot of questions left unanswered there are a lot of things that I thought were unfulfilled but everything that was I loved about the show I think was when Filoni came in and also when Bryce Dallas Howard's episode um Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, for me personally, the Robert Rodriguez stuff, I think, left me a little cold. And I think it's something where, as a filmmaker, Robert Rodriguez, for me, has been diminishing returns. When he first came out, like, I loved Robert Rodriguez, loved every film that he was doing. And it's slowly, slowly, you know, we started to get to, like, um, what was it? Is it Spy Kids? Is the the kid franchise? Yeah. The, and aren't there like three or four of those? Yeah, there's four of those. Yeah, when it starts to get to the third and the fourth Spy Kids, I'm like, uh, this is not the same as as the first one. And I think at the point in his career where he's at right now, nothing that he does is exciting me the way that it was when Desperado was coming out. Even when the the Quentin Tarantino, the Grindhouse um, double feature, when that was coming out, his name, Robert Rodriguez, does not give me, you know, hope as much as it used to. And the episodes that he did on Book of Boba, I think, are my least favorite out of all of them. So, Which is interesting, too, just because with the kind of that that episode where like Boba Fett really made a return in, in season two of Mandalorian and finally like earned I guess at least my in my opinion earned his like badass right kind of status Persona, at that yeah. point mm-hmm. yeah because to me he, he always kind of had like a cool look but he was never really like a cool I didn't think he was a cool I like I had the action figure because I thought it looked cool but besides that I think maybe he had four or five minutes of screen time in all of the original trilogy. And right. that's, I think it's even with adding in him having uh, screen time in the special edition of a new hope too. Oh, right. Right. But like with that episode of season two of Mandalorian that Rodriguez did with Boba Fett, that episode was great. And the action in that was shot really well too. And one of his more recent films, Alita battle angel. If you liked the mods, here in Book of Boba Fett, go watch Alita Battle Angel because <laughs> it's a lot of the same stuff in that. But I, oh, wow. I would actually recommend Alita Battle Angel. That was pretty good, especially uh, I know that you're a big fan of anime and uh, graphic novels 
I mean, as am I. Well, that's a separate topic, but yeah. uh, that really lends itself, that film really lends itself to that whole visual style as well. But yeah, like, like you're saying, he does kind of have its own style that may, might not jive as well with the with Star Wars. But from that, I, I did really enjoy all the stuff uh, with Boba and the the Tuscan Raiders, or I guess yes, not even the, they're not even Tuscan Raiders, but because I know there's like different tribes of the the Sand People on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting seeing more of them in like a different light because they've always been depicted in the films as very antagonistic and savage. Um, yeah, and savage. Yeah. Like they're animals, so I slaughtered them yeah. like animals. The women and children too. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, so we've already always seen it from that point of view. So from a certain point of view, this time we're seeing it not through like through basically through a different lens right i did like all of that stuff and i i wish there was more and that's actually something that i wish was was paid off even more because yeah that feels like it's cut off kind of a yeah we got to a point after season three or um episode three sorry where it was like all right the flashbacks are done the tuscans are done and it was like wait a minute that's it like there's there's still three more episodes left in the season like what's going on so, yeah, I wish they had done more. I thought they were going to bring them back. Maybe they helped him in the battle at the end, but it was like, right. no, they just got their whole tribe got slaughtered and that was it. And Cad Bane brought him back up like it was going to motivate him, but then that didn't, you know, that didn't seem as to pay off as much as as well. And another thing I I kind of wish you had talked about this this episode in Mandalorian when he came back, that's what kind of earned his status, right? What happened to that in this, in this season? Because Phoenix Shan does everything. Like she, she's the tactician. She's the strategy person and she's a physical person. She's the one, she's the sniper. She's the one taking people out. And I thought that's what Boba Fett was going to do, but he kind of relies on everybody else. And I almost feel like he's not capable of, you know, doing anything besides the the very end with Cad Bane. Everything else, he kind of, he re- either relies on the Rancor, he relies on Fennec Shan, he relies on Black K. Like, there's always all these other characters that he kind of relies on. And Boba Fett himself, basically, he, sh- he gets to shoot off his knee rockets and his, his rocket off his back, but that didn't even take down the, the Scorponek droids. So, I kind of, again... We're looking at it, you know, from from this point in time where we're at. We don't know what's coming next. If there's going to be another season, if if there's going to be more adventures with Boba and Finnick, which I think they should definitely still keep going. But it's, you know, one of the problems is, I think, Tamora Morrison's age because he's not able to do the action like he used to be. Like when he was doing Django Fett in 2002, that was 20 years ago. You know, he's 61 right now. So even, actually, even... Daniel Logan's actually closer to the age that Boba Fett is supposed to be in the show. Right. So, I mean, but Ming-Na Wen is up there too. But I think as far as just, you know, stunts, action, it's a little hard when when your lead actors are, are that 
up in age. So maybe that led to Boba not being as um, formidable as I thought he was going to be. But even with Black K, like there was a lot of action scenes that I thought they could have been done better. And I, I, I just did not get that feeling of, oh, Boba Fett is great. I got that from Finnick Shan. Like, oh, she's great. Like, she's taken out everybody. Um, but, yeah, it was just there was a lot of things that were left kind of unanswered. And, like you said, cut off with the Tuscan, um, Tuscans where it was just like, oh, there should have been more. And then in the middle of the season, we get the two episodes that I think are some of the best Star Wars things, period. And they're inside of it's it's going to be really weird to look back on this like hey what are some of your favorite star wars moments oh yeah you know the middle of the book of boba fett that yeah that's one of the best things about star wars everything with luke and the cg um which you know what amazed me even more than the 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 deep fake face was the voice and it's all ai yeah. They listed Mark Hamill in the credits. So initially I just said, oh, yeah, that was Mark Hamill. It was Mark Hamill. But Mark Hamill's voice from the original recordings that they fed into an AI, um, that and the deep fake just makes me like, I don't think they're there yet. But when they get to the point where they can just replace actors that have passed away, it's going to be like, oh, this is going to be weird. Are we going to have that uncanny valley? Where yeah, and then you get into like a weird kind of, I guess, uh, territory as far as like who gets paid at that oh, yeah. point, as far right. as like the families, <laughs> right? That's like a whole, but yeah, right, yeah. Well, and then also, like, you get into the moral thing of, well, would they yeah. even want to do this? Like, you don't know right. specifically what that person would have wanted, what they would have agreed to, so yeah, all that was is kind of weird, but from just a standpoint of technology, it's interesting what they're able to do. And actually there's even podcast programs right now. There's editing software uh, that Descript puts out where you can take somebody's voice and type into, you know, just um, you type out the words and their voice will say it basically. And that's even like consumer grade technology, not even like what Lucasfilm has access to. So, yeah, all of that stuff I think is interesting about Luke, but from a story standpoint, everything that Dave Filoni is, you know, going back to Clone Wars, Mandalorian, and and now Bad Batch, like everything he does story wise, I think I look at him as the Lucas, like the closest thing we have to George yeah, Lucas. He's definitely a great protege to George Lucas. Yeah, I love his sensibilities. I love his storytelling. You know. We're going to see more with Ahsoka and what goes on there. Spinning off of uh, Rebels, I think. They're going to go into that storyline. All the stuff with Grogu. You know, that's what I love about this show is getting into the the universe of Star Wars and just expanding it out. Not only from the standpoint of the big guys like Luke, Grogu, Jedi, and, and Ahsoka and stuff like that, but even the small stuff like with, with the Tuscans, with the... You know, him walking through the town, the fruit, you know, just different things that you would, you know, just you don't know about 
but it's expanding that universe, the Scorponek droids, you know, different things that right. you're not seeing. Those are the things are like, that, that I loved about the show. You know, like Max Rebo or Finger and Dan. Yes. At the, the cantina. Yes. So that was like another thing that this, this series did too. Uh, with some of the stuff they did, like you were saying though, uh, it was basically kind of like four episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, two episodes of season two and a half of yeah. The Mandalorian, and then kind of like a uh, Defenders Avengers team up at at the end with with Din and Boba. Uh, but this season also did do a lot of kind of like toy box pairings of just everything from all different aspects of the, the Star Wars universe because we had. Uh, whether it was Mando flying a um, Naboo starfighter through Beggar's Canyon and going by the, that the gate that, that Anakin broke that yes. still wasn't fixed. Like, <laughs> what, what was that, like like 50 years later? Yeah. Uh, or yeah, or um, characters from comic books or uh, BD from, uh, from the video games or Cad... Yeah. Yeah, or like Cad Bane from the animated series, Ahsoka from the animated series. It was cool to see all of the or Cobb Vanth from the books. It was all these mixed media of Star Wars characters from different things that had been introduced in one area. So I know like there's there's tons of stuff to be critical about in this, but there's tons of things to uh, appreciate and to also celebrate about what the show was able to do and mix together. Plus, we got to see Boba Fett riding a, a Rancor, so that was pretty awesome. And I love the way that they made the CG kind of look like he moved in stop motion yeah. a little bit. Yeah, like skipping frames to make it look like that. Yeah, so that was great as well. Yeah, that was I. I really like that CG. Now from the whole season as a whole, we've already kind of talked about like Luke and Ahsoka um, that, and that was even awesome too, with like Ahsoka saying that you remind me a lot of your father. When, and so, so we don't even know like how those two met. Yes. Right. Cause that so, was not shown in season two of Mandalorian. So yeah. they've got to show that I'm sure in a flashback or something in the Ahsoka show, they've got to show how they met and, how that relationship continues because by the time of last Jedi, you know, the sequel trilogy, we don't see Ahsoka anymore. So, you know, Luke is by himself and, you know, that's not necessarily saying that Ahsoka is not still around, but I, yeah. I, I just want to see, you know, their relationship continue to grow. Rosario Dawson still doing a great job with Ahsoka. And I think, there's a couple more, just like the stuff you saw with in this show, the mixed media stuff. I think we're going to get more of that. And I, I want to see a live action Dr. Afra because that's my favorite character from the comics. I want to see more um, of the that Rebels plot line of, of looking for Ezra. And I think, you know, the future of all of these properties, even this year, even in 2022... Yeah. There's Obi-Wan, there's Ahsoka, there's Andor, there's Bad Batch Season 2. Like, this year itself 
is like going to be a, a fantastic time to be a Star Wars fan. So, yeah, I'm just very appreciative, you know, of this time. And there's a lot of stuff in Book of Boba Fett that is great. And there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of weird. But I guess I fall like right in the middle on the show overall. Like if every episode was like five and six, it would be my favorite thing. But there were other, you know, other pieces moving around in this show. Um, So, yeah, I definitely want to see what what comes next. And I want to see the overall picture of where this fits in, especially with Mando season three. Are we going to get Boba episodes in that? You know? Right. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see because I, I know that starts later this year. Yeah, that'll be in December. And then, and then like you said, we have Obi-Wan coming out in May. Oh. Uh, Bad Batch Season 2 this year. But the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga game finally comes out this year. So there's, there's plenty... There's plenty to... <laughs> to look forward to with with star wars and hopefully uh i know that you've enjoyed them i've enjoyed them with the the disney gallery yes series hopefully maybe they'll do i don't see why they want it but hopefully they'll do an episode about this season of the book of boba fett i was actually really hoping it would come out today as we record this this is the normal day that the new book of boba episodes would have came out but they came out with the Eternals um, assembled behind the scenes. Oh, yes. So I was hoping that we were going to get the behind the scenes of Book of Boba, but yeah, hopefully in the future we'll, we'll get that. Um, I, one more thing I wanted to mention. We didn't talk about the music. So Joseph Shirley is credited as the composer. Fine. You know, score is fine. Nothing stands out to me about it. But the themes... Composed by Ludwig Göransson. First of all, like, just the they would do like a cold open almost, and then you would get title card, and the boom boom. Mm. That I was like, yeah, every week I was pumping my fist, and my son, when he heard it, he started shake his butt and he started dancing. <laughs> so I always I love that, and then the final episode at the end. When they change it to be, oh, it's yeah, almost it like says. a, it says his name, but it's almost like a full on Maori, you know, like Hakka. And yeah. I Just actually, like a nice allusion to like Tamara's like actual nationality. Like, yeah, that's yeah. something that I, I really enjoyed because that was never part of Boba Fett's character before, you know, obviously to him coming in and taking over the role as Django and then as all the clones. That's something that I think is really cool that Lucas first put in there. And then now Favreau and Filoni are continuing that you have these native peoples, the, all of the influence from them is found in the music. I think they put it even in kind of the sand people and the tribe a little bit. So all of that stuff was cool. And, but the way that they changed it, and they made, and I'm sure Ludwig, and this is what we would see in a behind the scenes. I'm sure yeah. he had that idea from the beginning that boom, boom was Boba. And then them actually chanting and saying his name. 
at the end I was like, yeah, this is great. Cause I liked it at first, but then by the end of it, by the end of the show, I loved it. It's one of my favorite themes now in all of star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and kind of to, to close this out, like the, what I would say too, is that it's, this is kind of a, an awesome, like new golden age of star oh, Wars Yeah, yeah. with being able to, I like being able to like have, um, well, it used to be Fridays. Now Disney plus does Wednesdays having that day each week to look forward to yes. watching the show with uh, my wife and son. And then we sit down and watch it together. Uh, I was away last week, so we had to watch the finale separately. So that, that was kind of a bummer. I watched it on my laptop and they, they watched it on the, the TV in our living room. Um, I will say that when I was at uh, downtown Disney, very briefly last week and i sat on formerly jabba's throne now bubba's throne it was it was pretty comfy nice so uh i, I might uh, have to kill boba fett and take take over the take over that throne <laughs> but on that note you guys can find us on all of the social media places or most of them uh most of the places that we're all just going to be holdo pod so at twitter it's at holdo pod h-o-l-d-o-p-o-d instagram is the same thing facebook it's also facebook.com slash holdo pod uh you can email us at holdopod at gmail.com and then for all things geek so to speak within the geek so to speak network you can just go to geeksotospeak.com. It's that easy. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Vibbert, M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T. And then where can they find you, Vector? Mine is my last name, Vector, V like Victor, A-C-T-O-R. And you can also follow our buddies Shoff and Rob on all of those all those places as well. Shoff is Shoff V O. That's V as in Vader, O as in. Quick, name a, a Star Wars O character. And uh, now I'm blanking. No. Ah. Obi Wan. Uh, Obi Wan. There. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Shoff V O. V as in Vader. O as in Obi Wan. And Wonder Rob at Wonder Rob R. Well, I was going to spell it R-O-N-W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B. So for me, I'm Mark. I'm Vector. And we will see you again next time on the Hold'em Maneuver in a galaxy far, far away. Thank the Maker! Thank the Maker!